Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Brave X Empower, a podcast that discusses gender inequality and bullying in STEM. I'm your host, Michaela Pellin. Today, we have another guest speaker joining us. Jenny Daly is a biomedical engineer and the reigning Miss Sullivan USA. I met her at the 2021 Miss Maine USA competition and was absolutely stunned by her intelligence and grace. And I'm very happy to have her joining us today. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I mean, you did an amazing job, (laughs) but yeah. Um, I'm Jenny Daly. I uh, grew up in a small town in Maine, and I went to the University of Maine to get my biomedical engineering degree and a math minor. And now I go on to work as a biomedical engineer. That's amazing. Would you mind sharing your age with us as well? Yes, I actually just turned 26. So my birthday was in January. That's amazing. I know we have a lot of teenagers and people of that age range who are listening to this podcast. And so I think it's really inspiring to have someone that's, you know, still young, but has done so much in such a short time. So I think you have a lot of great insight to be sharing with us. It's so funny to put myself like back in your shoes because I competed in Miss Maine Teen USA. And when, yeah, and when I competed, I remember looking at the Miss contestants and I was like, oh my God, these girls have their life together. Like I could never, and I was like blown away. And now here I am as a Miss contestant. So it's like, it definitely just, you know, comes with time, comes with experience. Wow, that's amazing. So do you have any awards you would like to tell us about? Any, you know, things like that? <laughs> yeah, if we're you. talking about the pageant, um, oh. I was Miss Congeniality the first year I competed. And then the second year I got the Spirit of Pageant Award. So that was really cool. That was by like the directors and everything and all of the staff. They liked oh, my yeah. spirit. Yeah, that's an amazing award too, because it's done in pretty much every pageant system. I was reading a pageantry magazine and, you know, that award's given out a lot. So they see a lot of people and for them to have picked you, I think that's really special. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Really glad to be noticed. <laughs> so do you have any other passions besides pageantry and of course, engineering? Yes. Yeah. So I was a big athlete growing up. So I actually played three varsity sports in high school. So I played soccer, basketball, and softball. Softball was hundred percent my favorite during the summers. I would also play softball. I still play like slow pitch softball. Now recently I've started uh, since college, I started snowboarding. So that's a lot of fun. So in the winter, I have something to look forward to. Uh, and then also like I started rock climbing recently. So that's a new passion I'm picking up. I just love being active. I love working out and I love doing any activities like that. I also do have like an artsy side too. So I love painting. Um, so like my father actually always thought I was going to be an artist because he always noticed like how well I was at like painting pictures or drawing pictures for him. So like for one Christmas, I like just painted him something and he like, it was his favorite gift. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I'm actually into art too. I do a lot of sketching and a little bit of like landscape painting. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm an aspiring pediatrician personally. So 
Yeah. It's always good to have like other things though, that can like take you away from like the hard, difficult, like of STEM, like it has its own complexities and it can like access a different like side of your brain and really have you like focus on something else rather, rather than like the technical side of things. And I think it helps a lot. Absolutely. I think people talk a lot about being left-brained and right-brained as well. And I think there's a good balance of both. Yeah, definitely. People have. I think you can tap into both sides. I don't think you have to be just one. 100%. Yeah. So what was your educational path like to get to this point? Yeah, it was um, a little difficult. So like I said, I grew up in a small town in Maine. And when I first mentioned that I wanted to be an engineer, it was shot down immediately. So um, I had like guidance counselors. I had teachers that were just like, no, like, don't do that. That's not for you. Like, why don't you consider nursing? Why don't you consider something like that? And I was just like, no, I really like engineering. I really like calculus. It's my favorite course. Like, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to do it. And there was even a time when I went to like tour uh, the College of Engineering at UMaine where I signed up and I was like, oh, like I really want to tour the College of Engineering because there was different colleges you could tour. And they were like, no, you can't. You're not allowed to. And I had to look at them and be like, no, I'm going to tour the College of Engineering, whether you give me the tour or I give it to myself. Because they were allowing my male classmate to tour the College of Engineering, but they weren't allowing me. And so it really like I had to stand up for myself and push like forward and really take my future into my own hands to even pursue engineering. Wow. That's very inspiring how aggressive and ambitious you were to have done that as a young person as well. Yes. And so that's why I'm really trying to like push to change the narrative, because although I was able to stand up for myself and get to where I am today, not every young person should have to do that. Not every young, like 18 year old girl who's unsure about her future should have to fight as hard as I did to pursue her passions. No, I completely agree. And I think it's baffling that you had that many people, you know, you talked about your guidance counselors and the people at the college just telling you like, oh, try something different or try something easier. Yeah, I think it's just my small town was a little behind the times. And I mean, there's a lot of small towns out there. So there's probably plenty of young girls facing the same thing I did. Yeah, I love how you're trying to flip it around too. Like some people would have seen this as like something bad that's happened in their life and just try to forget about it or, you know, not even talk about it, but you're trying to really reform a system that's kind of broken. Yes, definitely. I, I know for a fact as well, there's been instances where I've faced um, adversity in STEM while I've been working as an engineer. And I really realized like, if it, I do not want young girls being pushed away or deterred from STEM because they enter the field and experience what I experienced. Because I know, aside from those bad experiences, engineering is the perfect job for me. Like I love nothing more than like getting in, hands-on building, like designing, doing the actual engineering work. It's just like the society and the those minor experiences that really can push girls away and honestly if I wasn't like as strong-headed as I am it would have pushed me away as well yeah absolutely I'm someone who's pretty shy and introverted and so when I have situations that are similar to this like when we're doing science labs and chemistry or just any sort of kind of bullying situations it's really hard for me to have that courage especially in the moment because usually when situations come up where people are saying it like mean stuff it's hard to find that courage at that 
exact moment because you're not expecting, you know, someone to just come up and bring that negativity. Yes, that's definitely how, and I completely relate to that. I realize now I'm a lot better at like standing up and speaking up when I notice things. But when it first happened to me, I was almost in shock. Like I was like taken back. I was like, wait, like, and no one else stood up and spoke up for me. And I was like, are you serious? Like I looked at like some of my male colleagues and I was like, really, you're not going to say anything? Like this is like baffling. And so that was the moment I realized like, I need to be on the lookout for this, not just for myself, but for other women in meetings, other women just in passing. And I really need to be the one who stands up and calls it out because I know how bad it made me feel. And I don't want other women feeling that way. Yeah, absolutely. Like just a few weeks ago, I was, like I said, in chemistry and I'm in a lab group and I have male friends there. And then when another male says something and then, you know, you look to your friends and you don't even you know, think about the gender. Cause you're like, Oh, that's my friend. And then they just don't say anything. And it's like, Whoa, it kind of takes you off guard. Cause it's like, you know, those are your friends. They're supposed to be standing up for you. And yeah, you know, that's something to realize as well. Yes. It's so hard, but you like, it definitely is something I had to have conversations. Cause obviously as an engineer, I mostly like socialize with men. So I have a lot of male friends and a lot of male friends that are colleagues. And so I really had to sit down and have conversations with them and really explain to them like why that made me feel that way. And like explain to them how it like looked in the meeting and how I felt because they weren't on the lookout for these things. So really walking them through and explaining that to them made them be more aware in the situation. And I was like, next time I really would appreciate if you actually spoke up against this, like, Mm -hmm. and really backed me on this because that's going to mean a lot more coming from you and me than it is just me. Yeah. So my pageant's national platform is an anti-bullying campaign called BRAVE, which stands for Building Respect and Values for Everyone. And so something I've been talking about is how these like instances with gender inequality, that can often stem or lead to bullying at some point, especially I feel like in the younger ages as well, just because of high school culture. So did you have any instances where you've were bullied in high school that you were comfortable sharing? (laughs) Yes, um, I was definitely bullied in high school. So um, I grew up in a time where being stick thin was the like absolute best body a woman could have. And everything was always focused on how a woman's body looks. And we had no room for anyone that wasn't just like a skinny board. And that was just not me. I had an athletic build. I played a lot of sports. I just, I was naturally curvier. And so I had a moment one time where I had stood up for myself in um, a huge group setting. It was like me as a female soccer player. And then the male soccer players, we were like going on a bus or something and they were being disrespectful. So I stood up and I like said something. And then like the like women soccer team was dismissed. And apparently like one of the guys there was like started calling me fat and ugly and all this other stuff. And one of my male friends actually told me about it, but he made it seem like the entire boys soccer team was saying it about me. So that definitely had an impact on me. Cause like, I hadn't really thought about my body. I had just like, I don't know, people always assumed I was confident. Really. I just wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> like I just hadn't really considered like my, how my body looked or anything like that. I was just happy being a person and happy that my body could allow me to play these sports, happy that my body was there mm-hmm. to you know, take me to class every day, do all these things for me. So when I found out that like the, 
supposedly the entire boys soccer team, which was a lot of my guy friends, um, were like making fun of me and calling me fat. Like that really like had damage on who I am. And I honestly, like sad to say, probably still affects uh, my body image today just because I heard that. But then I later found out that it wasn't even all of the boys, like some of the boys who were my friends that didn't stand up for me, didn't even hear it going on when this guy was making this jokes. And so it was only one guy. And then I found out who the guy was. And I was like, I don't even care about his opinion at all. Like this should not have affected me. Oh my gosh. Like it was blown way out of proportion. And it's one of those things where you really have to take back and moment, like take back and realize like, do you actually care about the opinion of those people who are saying those things about you? Most likely not. That's a great point to bring up. And something else I think I'd like to add is how people who are sometimes saying the negative things think it's funny. Like you mentioned, like he was joking and, you know, I assume that you're probably laughing and it's like, I don't know. I think people need to be more careful with their words. Um, yes. Especially. Definitely. My school, there's a lot of like racial slurs and stuff that are just tossed about really loosely. And, you know, that's not okay. And, no, not at all. And so it's really important to just watch what you say, especially in public and stuff and on the internet as well. Yes. So. And definitely think of others and how you're impacting them with your words, because yeah. really that one joke that you got like three laughs out of, is it really worth like damaging that person and really having effect on their, how they view themselves for the rest exactly. of their lives, potentially? It seemed to have even shifted your perspective with the story that you shared. Yes, I definitely I like I started looking at myself differently in the mirror. Like I thought the entire boys soccer team, including all my guy friends, were like calling me fat and ugly and disgusting. And so like I started looking at myself more and realizing like that I didn't look like my girlfriends who were like really skinny. And like there was definitely like a period of time where it affected me. And then when I found out it was only him and it wasn't the entire boys soccer team, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not going to let this change my life. Like, I am really like, no, I don't care about his opinion. I, and it obviously with body, like confidence being a huge thing in media now, like I've definitely felt so much better about myself since then. That's amazing. You should, you look absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I remember seeing you in pageant rehearsals and I just thought you were amazing. Well, thank you. I was very inspired. So it sounds like you had some pretty good advice to give to people who are experiencing bullying. Um, but do you have anything you'd like to add on? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I would just focus on the fact that these, if these people are talking about you and like bullying you or saying mean things, you really have to consider like where they're coming from and the fact of do you actually care? Are they trying to be constructive and help you in like because you are a bad person or something like most likely not. They're probably just trying to be mean. They're trying to get to your feelings. They're trying to like make you hurt. So are you going to let them? Are you going to let these people like have an effect on your day, on your life? Like you really need to consider and do like self-reflecting and really have enough confidence in yourself to know who you are and why you're that person. Yeah, absolutely. Just being authentic and Knowing who you are, I think, is really important. Definitely. That's something we talk about in the pageant world, you know, being confident in who you are. And when preparing for interview, they really just tell you to be authentic and honest and stay true to what you believe in. And, you know, your passions will just speak for yourself and just be who you are, really. 
Yes. So this is something I've talked about with the other two guest speakers who have come and came on before you. Um, so what are ways men can make women feel more included in STEM? That's something that you were talking about earlier and the other girls had some great ideas to share regarding that. Yeah, I think what's been great for me um, when it comes to feeling included in STEM is how easily I've made so many male friends. Like it doesn't feel like they're um, afraid to talk to me or afraid to be like invite me to events or anything like that. Like they're really inclusive in that way. So if there's other men out there in engineering who are being standoffish, who aren't inviting the girl out to lunch when all the guys are going out to lunch, definitely make sure you're inviting her as well. Like she is part of the team. She is, if you just focus as she's an engineer, just like all these other men, then it doesn't become some weird gender thing. Like just treating me like an engineer is all I've ever wanted. So I really have appreciated that in the past two places I've worked at. Like I've always been invited to lunch. I've always been invited to hang out after work. Like I've never felt excluded that way. And so if I did, I feel like that's definitely something men can easily do to make women feel more comfortable in STEM. Another thing is just making sure you're listening and paying attention because there's going to be moments where you're in a meeting and you're not really paying attention or whatever, but like there could be a woman speaking and she keeps getting interrupted over and over and over again. So like speaking up and saying like, Hey, she wasn't finished. How about we let her, or let's cycle back to what she was saying. Something where you're bringing the attention back to her and letting her finish her thought, letting her finish um, what she's saying in that meeting. Those are definitely things men can do to help improve this environment. Those are great ideas. And I think it's important to note that the examples you gave were really subtle, easy fixes to make as well. And they weren't even aggressive or, you know, super like, you know, like that in any way. Yes. And so I think it's important to note that you can just really say things in just a calm way and just really just the simple things as well. Yes, it's definitely very simple fixes. It's almost like I've had instances where um, men have repeated my ideas, but instead of just repeating my idea, saying something like, oh, like Jenny said, and that, that way you're actually supporting my idea instead of taking my idea. It's very simple changes like that that really make STEM a more inclusive environment. So just like you were saying, it's just very like subtle things that don't take that much effort and it can drastically improve someone's, ex as, well, as speaking for myself as a woman, like my experience in STEM. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So I know you have a big following on TikTok. I've been following you for a while, almost 30K, right? Yes, I'm almost at 30K. That's incredible. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So some of your TikTok videos are about what you wear to work. So would you like to provide more insight on that? Yes. Oh my word. So this is the funniest thing because growing up, I never was like, oh, I love fashion. I have a sense of style. Like I was always like <laughs> aspiring to be a girl who had that, but I never like saw myself as someone who was like fashion inspiration. And then I was just posting videos and I would be wearing what I wear wore to work because like, it would be like right after work, I would just record a quick video, post it or whatever. And everyone was like, I need to know your outfit details. I love your outfits. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, what? 
I was like, I'm the inspiration. Oh my gosh. And I was like, so excited. I was like, no way. I was like, I've always wanted to be this girl. And so I just, uh, I really, I think just staying true to yourself. Like I was dressing for me. I was dressing for comfort. I was dressing for what I wanted to wear to work and what I knew was like appropriate for my work environment. And just by doing that, I attracted all these other girls who really were inspired by what I wore to work. And they wanted to use me as inspiration for how they can get dressed at work. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I started the hashtag dress like an engineer. Um, because I really wanted, I didn't want to say dress like a female engineer. Like, no, like we're an engineer. Like I know there's moments where I focus on like, yes, I am a female in engineering because my experience is different, but I really wanted to focus on, I am an engineer like period. And so, yeah, I started the hashtag dress like an engineer so people can see my outfits. Yeah. And something I saw you talked about on TikTok as well is the difference between STEM and STEAM. And that's something that I also took into account when creating this podcast as well and why we focus on that. Yes, I definitely. So I 100% love the arts. Like I said, I love painting. I love everything. And I can see how it definitely is challenging. But the experience that you have as a woman in STEM is completely different than the one you would have as a woman in art. And I really wanted to focus on the struggles that women in STEM face when it comes to the work environment, when it comes to pursuing your career, when it comes to really like navigating your way through this STEM environment. I know I, I have friends who are artists. I have friends who are art teachers and that never they never share those experiences with me. But scientists do. Um, mathematicians do. So anyone in that STEM fields, really, we have like a common experience being women in these fields. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just to touch back on the outfits, I love how you would wear skirts sometimes, you know, pants sometimes, but I would see sometimes you would get comments, like negative comments. So would you like to talk about that if you're comfortable? Yeah, so (laughs) definitely um, your podcast is about bullying, (laughs) cyberbullying, big issue. Um, If if anyone is trying to start a following on TikTok, you definitely have to have thick skin. I know at the very beginning when I was posting, I was like, I would always get like all worked up about these comments. And then I'm like, I thought back to that kid in high school who like bullied me. And then I realized I really didn't care about his opinion. Like if you think about like, oh, these little, like no profile internet people, like you really can't care about their opinion. Like what are the odds? If they said it to your face, couldn't you look back at them and be like, I really don't care. Like, (laughs) so it's definitely being like confident in who you are and knowing yourself, but you also do have to be ready to like receive, not that you should have to be ready to receive comments like that, but that's just what we live in right now. You're going to receive comments like that. Um, so I've definitely received comments. I've even received comments in person though, about like wearing heels to work. Like most, the crazy thing is most of the time it's from women. I'm that blows my mind, but they're like, Oh my God, like, I don't want to make you walk while you're wearing those blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like I wear heels every day. I I'm, I compete in beauty pageants. Like heels are not a problem to me. I wouldn't wear them if they impeded on my work. So I've definitely like 
grown this backbone where I literally just stand up for myself and I know what my dress code is for my work and I know what's appropriate for what I'm doing that day. Whether I'm just sitting at my desk all day, yes, I can wear a skirt if I want to. I know what my work day is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So um, I just know that for a fact, like I know my job better than anyone on the internet. And I know what my what's required when I'm at work and I know what's considered appropriate and what's not. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think all of your outfits are very appropriate, honestly. Like everything's definitely covered and whatnot. And you know, it's very cold in Maine too. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> can't even dress like super short skirts or anything like that, anyways. No, not at all. But yeah, I love seeing your outfit inspo. I'll continue to be looking at that. So in an educational-based setting, what's something, oh, we already touched on this a little bit, but what's something that you would do in the classroom to make other girls feel included? Yeah, so um, luckily for me, when I was like in engineering school, we had a very small group because biomedical engineering is one of the most complicated engineerings for like getting your degree in. It has the highest number of credit hours required to graduate, and it's really like almost like a filter engineering. So it's similar to like, if you're going into pre-med, you take a lot of hard classes and it tries to filter out people who can't survive and become a doctor. Um, So what we did is like, we would have to do like biology courses. We'd have to do electrical engineering courses and so on. And like a huge range of courses and a bunch of difficult maths and everything. So it ended up, we had a really small group um, in my biomedical engineering like class. And so we actually got really close together and we all would like talk about like, oh, hey, don't forget this paper's due. Oh, hey, don't forget our projects are due. Oh, do you want to go do a study group? So really making friends and having those connections, I really feel like being a woman in engineering, I did not feel excluded at all because there were a lot of other women in biomedical engineering and a lot of men and we did not care what your gender was. We were all so close. We all would pick each other for groups. We would all help each other out when it came to like writing papers or doing homework or anything like that. So making friends who are going through the same experience as you definitely is something I would recommend to anyone when they're trying to get their degree. Because if you pick someone who's in your major, like you guys are going to be struggling with the same classes. You're going to, or maybe someone's really good at OCHEM and you're really good at calculus. And so you, you'll help them with, your, with calculus and they'll help you with OCHEM. Like it definitely just helped a lot and it made you feel more connected. Yeah, that's absolutely great. It sounds like a little symbiotic relationship. Yes. You're helping each other with your strengths. <laughs> yes, um, I definitely did that. Our last guest speaker um, in episode three, she's a senior in high school, and she actually talked about kind of the opposite of what you were just talking about. Like she was, she goes to a STEM school, Baxter Academy, and she talks about how in all her classes, she's like the only girl and there's not a lot of that happening. And so that's really interesting that you had a different experience when you went to college. Yeah. So actually like for my other classes, it was definitely obvious um, that I was like one of few girls. Like I think one of my um, math classes, it was like me and like one other girl in the entire class. Um, So there was a lot of classes that were like that, but for biomedical engineering specifically, it was almost 50, 50, which is 
amazing. There was no other engineering program. Like if you were a mechanical engineer, if you were an electrical engineer, you were like one of three girls, one of four girls, but biomedical and chemical engineering were like the two engineerings that had a lot of women in them, which was great. That's really interesting, actually. And it's great that they were able to overcome any oppression they might have had from their guidance counselors or colleges or parents even just to get there. Yes, definitely. If you see another woman succeeding in engineering, like there's definitely been an instance where she struggled a little bit and you definitely should be like, wow, she fought through. She's still here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even society and gender norms, even, you know, it's crazy. Yes. You know, at school, I actually just remembered this when I was a freshman, there was a girl and she was talking to boys and a boy just told her like she could never amount to anything and she should just stay in the kitchen. And I couldn't believe they said that because that was, I think that was 2019 when I was a freshman, 2019 slash 2020. And so that was pretty recent. And just that some boys, I mean, they could have been joking, but have that mindset to tell a girl when she's speaking about her passions, whether it's STEM or not, just to say that to another human is really degrading. Yes, extremely. I mean, also, and being, like, it's a really old recycled joke. Like, can't you get new material? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But, you know, not that there's anything wrong with a stay-at-home mom, but no. she, in this scenario, she was talking about her passions and, you know, what she wanted to go to school for. And then they just literally came out and just said that. And it's like, whoa you know, it's 2020. You can't say that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What's important after moments like that is definitely reconnecting with the girl, like away from that situation, allowing her time to digest that and like, make sure that she either took it as a joke or really still feels like confident with talking about her passions and pursuing them. Yeah, definitely. Because sometimes it can be that one person that goes a little too far that can honestly crush dreams or change your body image or just affect your life in just a few seconds. Yeah. And it can totally change the trajectory of your entire future. So (laughs) definitely check in on people. Yeah. If she had listened to that, like it would have changed everything, all her high school classes. And then if she even went to college or not and all of those things. So words can really have an impact as we were saying earlier. So being really conscious with what you say is really important. Yes. So would you like to tell tell us about your STEM projects or successes? (laughs) So when it comes to my work, I would love to talk about it, but I have NDAs. um, So that's a non-disclosure agreement. So I cannot talk about the work I'm doing until it's like released and onto market because we're like, brand new biotechnology, trying to race to be first to market, all this fun stuff. So I would love to touch on what I do at work, but because everyone always asks me, they're all excited and they want to know, like, do I want to be a biomedical engineer? What do you do? And I'm like, ah, I wish I could tell you. Like, <laughs> I wish I could tell you. Um, so I would love to talk about that. What I can talk about is cool stuff I did in college. Um, one of my favorite projects in college was we were learning a 3D printing software. So you do 3D design, it's called CAD. And um, it's very close to like what a lot of mechanical engineers do, but biomedical engineers also work on it. So SolidWorks uh, is what we were using. 
And what we did is we designed a wrist powered prosthetic hand. So it was super cool. We were able to 3D print all the components, connect them all together with different like strings and other joints and make a wrist powered uh, prosthetic hand. So this is where someone who let's say lost all of their fingers, but still has a wrist and they want to have the fingers to be able to grab onto like cups or anything like that. They can just easily use this little wrist powered prosthetic hand. There's actually a little girl who um, has thrown the first pitch at every baseball stadium with a wrist powered 3D printed prosthetic hand. And so we learned about her and like, it's amazing what you can do with 3D printing because it's very affordable. So it's very cheap to print new materials. So when it comes to like a ch child who has um, an impairment like this that needs a prosthetic, usually what's gonna happen is they're gonna wait until they're a lot older or they're going to get a prosthetic, but then they're going to, it's going to be too big and then they're going to grow into it and then they're going to grow out of it really quickly. And it's not going to work properly because prosthetics are so expensive and children are constantly growing. So mm -hmm. the amazing thing about 3D printing is that you can rapidly print new prosthetics. Say she has a growth spurt overnight and you realize her like wrist powered little prosthetic isn't working as it sh or fitting as it should. You just print a new one. And then within a day you have a whole new prosthetic for her that's more fit for her body and it's amazing and you can also custom this so you can make sure like if she has just exactly the way her hand it like is shaped or anything like that it can fit perfect for her and you can print this it's amazing I love 3d printing it's one of my favorite things I even have personal 3d printer and I do uh like personal 3d printing I don't know if you remember, but I gave out little crowns to all the Miss contestants yes. this year that I designed and printed. I was actually going to mention that. I thought that was so kind of you. Um, they were little Miss, like, Maine USA crowns that she gave to all the contestants. Like, how supportive and amazing is that as well? And I mean, I that way everyone got to go home with a crown. So that's really cool. Yeah, I love 3D printing and I love doing the design. It's just so much fun. And I think it ties into my artsy side when it comes to it. But you also have to use math for like calculating angles and other things. So I love 3D printing. If yeah. it, like I wish, well, there is like free software for people to use. So definitely recommend looking into it just for fun. Yeah, my middle school, Gorham Middle School, actually got a bunch of 3D printers when I was in like sixth grade. And so I got to kind of grow up with having that option just at my school to use for free. And then a few years later, my brother's only 14 months older than me. He ended up asking for a 3D printer for his birthday and he got one. And so I've been able to see what he's made with that. And that's been really cool just that's having awesome. that. Yeah. He actually wants to be a computer engineer. Oh, really? That's so yeah. cool. That's also a very difficult engineering. <laughs> yeah. He just so, went into RIT, so he's so excited. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I actually work with um, some engineers who graduated from there. That's incredible. I'll be sure to tell him what he can do to make women feel included as well. Yes, make sure definitely do. This. <laughs> I think he'll be very great with that anyways, though. Yeah, I think the hard thing is it takes a certain type of person and it's hard to kind of force people to be that type of person because like you said some people are shy some people aren't ready to speak up some people just don't feel comfortable like having those conversations and being that person who draws attention to themselves so yeah I think a great 
thing to talk about as well is starting young, implementing these um, like extracurriculars with STEM for children who are in the elementary ages or even younger. I don't know if you know um, Miss America 2020, Camille. She actually performed a science experiment on stage for her talent. And That's she, awesome. she won it nationals. Oh yeah, I instead love of that. like singing. I don't did you know that? No, I love that so it was much though. Incredible. And she recently partnered, I think it was with Costco, and she made these kits for like elementary children, and they're science kits, but they have like a crown on them, and in the crown there's like a beaker, and it's it's incredible all the stuff that she's done throughout her reign because she had an extra long reign from being crowned in 2020. Oh my word. I love that so much. That is so awesome. I'll definitely look into that. Yes, yes, definitely starting young. So even with, so my sister actually has two children. She has um, a boy and a girl. And so I get them the same gifts. I'm like, I am not about like gendering their gifts and making sure like, oh, like he gets the trucks and she gets the princess stuff. Like I am very much into like, oh, actually I'm going to, even for her birthday, I got her an entire like drill set and everything because her father is actually like, he runs his own construction company. He has an engineering degree. And so it came with a little pink hard hat and it's everything. It's so cute. And like, just because it's pink, her brother also plays with it, like doesn't care. Like they both play with it together. And I just love that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And it's just something, it's just a simple thing that you're doing. You're just changing the way you buy gifts, you know, once again, like those little, little things we can do to just make everyone feel more equal. Yes. And then also I actually do outreaches. So I've done an outreach, um, I think, well, I was supposed to do one 2020. It got canceled because of COVID. And then I ended up doing it in 2021. And it was for like younger, like, I think it was fifth through eighth grade, I believe, or maybe (laughs) it was even younger Um, girls who are interested in STEM. And it like blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, this is such a great step forward because this is something that I never went through. Like I never had the opportunity like to go to these outreaches and to learn about STEM and what opportunities there were for me out there. Like in my head, I was like, okay, I can be a teacher or I can be a doctor or I can be a lawyer. And that was pretty much it. Like when I was young, like that was all I could think of for jobs or like a nurse. And that was it. Um, And so it's really amazing that we're like exposing these young girls to like all these opportunities and getting them to really consider like how many diverse jobs there are out there and especially ones focused in STEM. Yeah, I remember when I was in elementary school, we would do career fairs and there would be a lot of, there would be so many different booths we would be able to visit. And I think it's great that we're making these fancy words like biomedical engineer and breaking it down into their language, into something that's understandable for them. So they can start thinking about, hey, I do like science, so maybe this will be good for me. Um, yeah, just definitely. These more difficult concepts understandable is really important as well yes Um, I actually just looked up Camille Miss America 2020 and it's called Her Royal Scientist and it's actually with Cozy not Costco Um, oh my gosh I'm gonna have to look into that I'm so excited and they're pink and oh my gosh I love it her logo is everything 
Oh my word. That's awesome. I'm so excited to look into this. Yeah. She has little crowns with, of course, the beaker um, for the kids to wear. It's so cute. Oh my gosh. I love it. It just launched a little while ago, but I've been following her journey. So that's been really exciting. That's awesome. I love how she was confident enough to compete on Miss America and do something so different for her onstage talent. She did the elephant toothpaste experiment, Um, you know, amongst, not to say that it's not great to be a dancer and a singer and stuff. No, those I've done that stuff as well, but. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And those are very difficult talents as well, but yes, bringing in the fact that she was able to try something so new and so like unheard of on the Miss America stage. That's so amazing. Yeah. And it worked in her favor too. And I love how. She also, you know, she put on her white lab coat and her heels and everything as well and her eyeglasses and she just made it glamorous, which, yes, you know, that's something that you do as well. I love <laughs> I try to. Yeah. I try to definitely not hide. I um, was talking to someone and I was like, I really, the important thing is you don't lose yourself because I feel like it's this like normal thing to just bring a woman into STEM and really like minimize her and like make sure she's more masculine, make sure like she fits this certain stereotype of still being a man. And if that's who you are, don't change that. If you really feel more comfortable being masculine, if you really feel more comfortable doing that, stay that, stay true to you. But for me, I enjoy wearing jeans some days. I enjoy wearing pants. I enjoy wearing skirts. I enjoy wearing dresses. Like I don't want to minimize myself and make sure I only fit into what the little box they've set for me is. And I want to make sure that it makes other women feel comfortable in standing out and say, this girl who really only likes wearing dresses to work can feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Just everyone being able to be themselves regardless of what other people think. And I think equality is really just the most important thing here. Yes. Working towards reforming that and implementing education and more inclusiveness in STEM at a younger age, I think is going to be really beneficial for all the generations to come. Yeah. I can definitely say that I know when I started work, I saw a scientist and to me, she was like the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen in my life. I've said this to her face too. I'm like, girl, you inspire me. And she would make sure she had her hair and makeup done every day. She would always be wearing heels and always wear dresses. And I was, that's what really made me be like, wow, I can do that. And then I realized how much of an impact that had on others around me. Because when I started dressing like that, people would come up to me and comment about my outfits and say they really liked them and it inspired them to actually dress the way they wanted to dress. And it really is like about being the one who just says like, no, I'm going to be myself and I'm going to inspire others to be themselves. Because if that woman like wasn't wearing those beautiful dresses and everything, I wouldn't, I, you know, it might've taken a longer time for me to really stand out and wear what I wanted to wear. Yeah, absolutely. Just having those role models, I think is important too. I think you're a great model, role model if people want to go follow you as well. Would you like to plug your Instagram and TikTok? Yeah, um, it's Jenny Daily on both. So Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E, Daily, D-A-L-E-Y on Instagram and TikTok. If you find my Instagram, the TikTok is linked. If you find my TikTok, the Instagram is linked. Perfect. Very convenient. 
Yes. Yeah, Jenny has so much great content that's, you know, being posted regularly as well. So I think people who are listening would definitely be interested in checking what you have out. Um, before we go, do you have any last advice you would like to add on or anything you'd like to cover? Um, no, I think really the take home message from like this entire thing is just knowing who you are, figuring that out, because once you realize who you are and once you're confident in what you are and who you are and who you want to be, no one can get in your way and no one's opinions can affect you. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast today and sharing all of your insight and experience. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for reaching out. It was such an honor to have you, honestly. I'm so happy to just be publishing this and sharing all of your great messages with, you know, my audience of teenagers. Yeah, awesome. I really hope you guys are inspired and I hope you uh, find your path. Oh, thank you. So if you would like, you can follow BraveX Empower on at BraveX Empower on Instagram. And of course, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for free. So be sure to do that. And thank you so much for listening to episode four. Bye.